2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You are listening to Metal Shops Backstage Pass.
0: It's Metal Shop here on The Rock, and right now we're actually talking with Jamie from Code Orange. Their new album, Underneath, is available now on Roadrunner Records. Uh, we've been playing the hell out of it. Uh, so first off, Jamie, i got to ask you, man, uh, how are you holding up during all this craziness, and, and like, what are you doing to keep yourself busy, keep your, your, your sanity?
1: I'm doing well. We're being very creative and uh, trying to push forward. We just launched... A live series on twitch called you and you alone and uh, we started with uh improvised performance by shade with some intercut visuals and stuff and we have a lot of ideas for uh how to stay creative but also keep it really still musical and artistic and totally about code orange and not about extracurricular activities i think the way that twitch is used often you know so Mm -hmm. i think uh we're we're pushing forward and we have a lot of ideas. I'm actually starting to get excited about a lot of
0: them. So, dude, that's super sick. Uh, necessity, it kind of it, we're we're finding. I think uh, it's unfortunate times. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, I wouldn't ask that this happen, but if it is happening and it, it is, there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is react. And uh, necessity, I think, is is really breeding a lot of creativity within the artist uh, space. So, uh, I'm stoked to see what you guys come up with.
1: You gotta adapt to survive. That's the that's the game in in the world. That's the music game too, so it is what it is.
0: So, something that we were really, really hyped on, and you guys like blew it out of the water. Uh, you guys played a huge live stream event for the release of Underneath. Uh, obviously, it was going to be a huge blowout party. It was going to be like this insane, uh, show. I'm sure it was going to be sold out. You guys were going to, you know, bring it, but you guys adapted, uh, like, you know, you you just mentioned, you had to adapt to survive. You guys adapted well. You guys played a huge show. Uh, Sonny from Hate Fight 6 helped out, and, and you guys live streamed it on Twitch. Um, did you guys have to kind of adjust any of your live performance to that uh, space, or did you guys just do it as is, like the way you had it planned?
1: We did it as is. I mean, psychologically, there was some adjustment, but we had played it so many times and worked so hard on it. It was just we just wanted to get it out. So yeah, uh, we had played it a lot, and yeah, there was a little adjustments, but not really. We were, the, the main thing was the only way this works is if we go for it all the way. So. We, had to, we went for it all the way.
0: It was fun, honestly. Dude, and it's got a lot of replay value, too. And, and like, if anyone's listening now and they haven't checked it out, it's up for free, so you can check it out. Um, how long did you guys have to logistically set this all up? And, uh, like, how from when did you find out, like, hey, this is not going to happen the way we planned. Let's let's do some different.
1: Like, two days about, maybe, maybe less, honestly. Damn. Like, uh, it was quick. We just had to work all day and night and just get it figured out and get it done and it turned out as good as i could possibly hope which is rare and i think that was because you know a lot of effort was put in we were at the venue at eight nine a.m all the way till nine just making sure everything worked so dude
0: that's and and it came out like insane such an such an awesome like um companion to the album uh it really adds a lot to it um what's uh <clears throat> So I'm assuming you're doing a lot of press, a lot of a lot of conversations with people about the record, about your live show. I just got to ask you because uh, I'm you know doing so much press. What is a question that you're tired of, a- of answering?
1: Hmm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I've never, i never too tired. I mean, if it, if it's hard. It's hard to think. I don't know. Okay, I'm never too tired of anything, especially now because I'm so. F- Ready to get out there and just yeah. do something and talk about this record. We've been gearing up for this record, you know, so hard. The only type of questions I hate are when people who obviously don't give a fuck are asking any questions. Sure, and sure. Then, then you get a then you get a dark side of myself. That's pretty <laughs> much it. Anything, anything that's genuine or someone actually like cares has listened to it for even like two minutes Mm -hmm. then i'm i'm good if you haven't even listened to it you don't know what's going on at all then i have nothing to say so people are kind and respectful then that's all you're going to get from me ever if you aren't then that you ain't getting that so
0: that's something i respect about you guys because you guys have come up from like humble like i saw you guys play uh small small venues in tacoma and now you guys are killing it and it's just like Uh, it's, it's really cool to see bands that have those, those seeds planted in, in like a DIY kind of space. And and now you've just done so much creative stuff on your own. And it's just, it's so, it's cool to see, man. It's a, it's not fabricated.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've done it all from, we've played every type of place you can play uh, from basements, outside barns, VFW halls. You said you saw, we were talking and you said you saw us uh, at the Mayhem Fest, we were that tour near it was harder than any of the basement tours we did because we would have to play at 11 a.m. Yeah. No one be there. All the tours was routed for a bus. We had 12 people in a 12 seater van. <laughs> so, and but we would have to sleep in the van in the parking Damn. lot overnight before yeah. the show, or, or or else we would never make it in time in the heat. So that was probably the hardest tour ever. And we lost our whole road crew after that tour. <laughs>
0: They're like, uh, F and this, you know,
1: dude. Dumb, dumb, yeah, Dom, who's in
0: our band, was on the road crew that tour. He baited. That's pretty much that was his test. So there you go. Nice, dude. Well, uh, I mean, a difference in this album and this uh, touring cycle, and and I'm excited to see you guys when you know all of this uh, ends and, and you guys can tour again. Uh, but you're handling uh, vocal duties now, and and you're up from behind the drum set. Uh, you obviously did vocals before, but now you're like the quote unquote lead vocalist, the the frontman of Coda Orange. Uh, Tell us, what made you take that jump, dude, and, and when? what was that uh, decision like?
1: I think the music called for it, one, and two, you know, the timing of wanting to connect more and mm-hmm. change it up and make it exciting. They're, those things both called for it, and my band members uh, are the ones who thought we should do it, and so we tried it. We just moved forward on it. It's just so natural. It's like everything we change. It feels like it should have always been. Yeah. So that's pretty much and I know just glad to see you on the live stream that I didn't look a complete idiot, so
0: working on it and we'll get there. Dude, I bet it's gonna be fun to kinda of, uh connect like that, like you said, kind of the connection thing and just, you know, be up there and, and have that uh that energy coming at you from everyone and, and people singing along. It's probably gonna be a really, really fun experience. I'm sure uh, you know, you're eager to go out there and kinda of test that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I cannot wait. Um, We were gearing up to go out for years straight, and uh, now we can't, but we're going to make the best of it, and we have a lot of creative endeavors coming up that are all directly related to our album and to our band, and I'm just excited about that.
0: Dude, that's awesome. You... uh... Uh, So you mentioned how uh, long you guys, you know, worked on this record and how it was just such an, uh, like uh, an artistic, like uh, process of just like working so hard on it. Um, How did you, did you guys have a different approach for this one uh, other than like forever? How, uh, how was your approach different and how did it vary from uh, your past records?
1: It's just like going down the rabbit hole. We just get more and more. We want more and more and more and more. And uh, we get lost, and now I can't even see what, the, what, I don't even remember, so I have no clue what that was like. <laughs> All I know is this record was 24-7, every day, for years. That's That's awesome. more than any record we've ever done. It's a very detailed record, there's a lot going on, yeah. whether you like it or not, there's a lot going on, and it's very intricate, and to me it was this big puzzle that I saw that just had to get put together mm-hmm. in a certain way. And, you know, that involves a nice freaking whole dissertation on that. I have on my computer of like all the, what I see is like the themes and the yeah. ideas and even like character and, you know, just breaking stuff down that people will never even see or notice just so I, we had a real strong grasp of what we were trying to accomplish. And uh, I think it was all worth it in the end and a lot of trial and error and you know, we made we made the album for real like a year and a half or more ago. Fourteen, fifteen demos, and then we had to, we rebuilt the whole thing based off of those very specific uh, hundreds of track demos. You know, so
0: so everything is super intentional, as you know is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's probably due to my. They they probably would like it to be a little less intentional. <laughs> I found you know I saw watching Shade perform because he was performing on our twitch yeah and we just did a replay an hour ago nice and you know it was more freeform and there was like a beauty of that too but it's just not and i love listening to it and watching it but it's just not how my brain works so it's very intentional yeah
0: nice dude well uh you know i i, I was curious um where your influences come from and like personally growing up and stuff and a question i like to ask is um uh growing up what was the first cd or tape or first album that you purchased on your own uh with your own money that wasn't given to you
1: hmm. i have no clue man i can't even remember like 2 days ago so okay. i don't know but all, we all i know is we we were we were we were just punk kids we liked punk and hardcore yeah. and then metal and uh, all kind of everything all kinds of everything and we liked a lot of rock and alternative rock mm-hmm. and and, you know, but when we, we were all grew up kind of just into punk and, and we would go to like the local shows, mm-hmm. probably first CD I ever bought was probably a local band CD. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of local bands we used to listen to religiously. Uh, one of the first CDs I got was probably an anti-flag CD because they're from Pittsburgh.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. uh, so yeah, we just got into it We when we were 12, 13 and, uh, it just keeps growing and growing and the past becomes blurrier and blurrier as <laughs> yeah. every day is so jam packed with this sh-
0: growing up in the punk scene. And then, uh, kind of, you know, going from there, um, you know, I'm sure <clears throat> there are some albums that, uh, have changed your life. If, uh, if you were to, you know, say like a few albums, maybe three or four albums that have, uh, have shaped you and changed your life, is, is there anything you can point to?
1: Yeah. I mean, getting it first, getting into like more metallic hardcore, like Converge, Shane yeah. that was huge for me when I was a teenager. And obviously, Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral. Mm-hmm. That's probably my fav- one of my favorite albums of all time, if not my favorite. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's been so, there's been tons of records. I would say, uh, it's, it's hard to pinpoint though, I mean, when I first got into it, you know, it was minor thread yeah. and bad brains and uh and then you know you just start getting more into the the niche of it deeper and deeper, and I think what's cool about our music is, and what I'm sure a lot of people who are into those sub genres don't like about our music, is that we try to keep a hold on what is. You know, I don't want to say like listenable, but is is you know we we like the catchy, we like to try to keep it rooted in something a little bit above ground while For still sure. drawing from a lot of stuff that's very underground, of course, mm-hmm. because we've been in this our whole lives, you know. So uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's definitely carried us through because you know we we have those roots, but we've always listened to. Catchy music and rock music and yeah. hip hop and so I think especially on this record that shines through.
0: I would agree, man, and, and it's it's cool to hear you guys go from you know like a soaring kind of like sing along chorus to just like heavy 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 riffs and and then some glitchy stuff and it's a uh, it's all over the place but it makes sense and it's just it's awesome, man. It, I've been listening to it a lot, so it's
1: it's really cool. I think it's easiest to understand if you've listened to all of our past records because it's really always just expanding on ideas that we were doing even when, even before our first LP, buddy, our first LP Mm -hmm. when we were code orange kids, you know, you can hear a lot of that stuff on this one. You can hear stuff like that from that on this one, even more than the last two. So, you know, it always kind of comes around and it's always chaotic, but I don't find it, you know, and I think a lot of people are agreeing, which makes me really happy because I was really worried, man, it's going to just sound like a bunch of, to them it's gonna sound like a bunch of it's gonna sound all over the place. And I, I've been hearing that people think it's it's very cohesive in its own way and, and to me it really is. To me everything fits like an exact piece, you know, and that's that's
0: it. The hell yeah, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys pull it off like like live. Obviously the the um the live stream on Twitch was a sneak peek, so I'm stoked for that. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, me
0: too, man. I do have to ask you. We did get a little bit into wrestling talk when we talked to you at Mayhem. It is sure. WrestleMania week of the probably the yeah. weirdest WrestleMania ever. We all know the Attitude Era. Yeah. It is now the empty arena era. Um yeah. What's a uh, what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? So like four all-time your favorite.
1: Um Stone Cold's got to be on there. Yeah. Uh Probably Daniel Bryan, you know Brian Danielson. Oh yeah. Uh, hmm. Maybe either Tanahashi or Okada for sure. Yes. Flair.
0: Uh, oh yeah.
1: Uh. When I was growing up, I loved like any high flyer I could get my eyes on, which i'm only 20 i'm 26 so yeah. it was jeff hardy and rob van Dam. And yep then of course as you get uh as i've gotten more into it over time you you see all the me- the guys from mexico and japan yep. and so yeah I, I love all kinds of i love all kinds of wrestling right now it's kind of hard to watch to be honest at times because especially it's... because of this empty ring thing but but i i watched a little bit yesterday and it was cool. It was like Edge was was doing was talking to the camera. It was pretty. So
0: I'll say. So the wrestling is kind of hard to watch, but I think that it's actually the promos are really cool. the The promos are what are really cool in an empty arena. It's it's different. It's 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 different.
1: Yeah, I love the AEW. I watch AEW every week, and I like their the empty arena shows a lot. And uh, well, I mean, my, right now I, we do the song for Brain. I think he's great. Yeah, he's amazing.
0: That see, that's I love his thing that's such an awesome thing to see your, your relationship with WWE. You guys, obviously uh, uh, you guys did uh, the entrance for Alistair black, which was uh mind blowing. Yeah. And then you did Bray Wyatt's theme. And, and that's, I mean, that's gotta get uh, an audience that might not be like huge fans of aggressive music to, to kind of uh, adopt your band. And then, you know, you'll probably have a bunch of wrestling fans with Bray Wyatt t-shirts coming out to your shows coming up. Dude,
1: there's such an accepting audience. We get the most, I mean, Doing that song overnight, all our comments turned so positive. That's so it was cool, insane. They were all so happy and like, they're great. I love it. I mean, I, people like make fun of it and stuff. I'm like, I get it because like, you know, every rock band that ever existed was like a wrestling song. But the fan, the people who are fans of it, are very, they're kind people. They're just regular awesome people, and they really dig, dug into all our stuff, and I love it. I'm, I mean, it's a dream for me. I mean, I was at. I remember when he first came out with this, this character and how much I thought I loved it. This old, the last character, mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt. And now to be such a big part of this character is very surreal. A lot of surreal things. I was backstage at Madison Square Garden and Stone Cold was standing right next to me and I was having a conversation <sighs> with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon with Reba. Jesus. <laughs> and I was just like, this is insane. Seriously, right. God, for like, I've literally had like five conversations with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in real life. Like sometimes I'm just like, what the f insane. First of all, they're two of the coolest people ever. That's awesome. They're so cool. I remember it was so funny because we were backstage at Madison Square Garden and me and Reba were nervous. We we had hung with Bray and Braun uh-huh. Strowman and stuff and they were being awesome, but they kinda went away. So we're kind of there. We don't want to be like bothersome. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be punishers. So we see Triple H and Stephanie talking to um, someone, and we kind of walk by them, and Triple H like stops us, and he's like, "No, all I gotta say," was, and he's like, "Talk to us I was just like, "Dude, this is," and I talked to both of them for a while. I was like, "This is so goddamn insane."
0: And he's yeah. the one who stopped you guys. That's that's cool.
1: Yes, <laughs> because he I mean, there's a the thing to be like that. He's, like, a superhero in terms of, like, he's so aware. Oh, yeah. He's hyper-aware. And I also am hyper-aware, but I'm not, like, insanely famous and, like, and, like, run a whole company, so I have time to be aware. Yeah. The fact that he has so much time to be aware to, like, me and Reba are walking by at Madison Square Garden Monday Night Raw, like, when the show's, like, about to go on the air, Mm -hmm. it's psychotic. It's, like, I just don't even understand how you could be that... In tune But he's like He's awesome he's, he's,
0: he's awesome Dude that's so cool man And it's awesome That you guys are in that Kind of like that universe And and uh, you know There's no shame In saying like I will 100% admit The first time I ever heard Pantera Was watching ECW And hearing Rob Van Dam Come out to walk So I mean I am one yeah, of those kids awesome. That like watches Wrestling obsessively And I got into A lot sure of music Everybody
1: I mean anybody Who acts like or not Not necessarily wrestling But just in general so is anybody. I mean, it's like we make the exact music we want to make. Yeah. No one tells us what to do. We do what we want to do. So, I mean, if they use it, that's great. They let us do the Bray Wyatt song exactly how we want it. They didn't even say anything. I mean, you know, so they're great. I love working with them. We were we were hoping we would get to play WrestleMania this year, and it was looking good. It was looking very good, to be yeah. honest with you. But, then, you know, what happened happened. So we'll see. When they, when they come back, hopefully we'll be involved.
0: And maybe next year in LA uh, at that new stadium, that that'll that'll hopefully happen.
1: Oh my god! How awesome would that be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure Triple H will title us even at WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> he's an, he's awesome.
0: And then you get the the huge handshake from Vince McMahon. How you doing,
1: pal? No, I never saw Vince McMahon. <laughs> I never saw Vince McMahon. Not even for a second. Fair but, enough. Uh, I remember the first time we were at wrestling. Uh, at nxt we played mm-hmm. we were in a locker room and john cena walked by i wasn't there for this yes and they all ran out of the locker room and like followed him <laughs> it was so funny because they put us like in like the locker room that like brock lesnar would normally be in like the solo one. Oh my god and it was just so it was literally just so goddamn weird i, I can't even that's insane it's like coming back to me right now
0: that's amazing dude well uh i mean as of someone who's a, a fan a super fan like you can you can be the, you can look back and and truly appreciate that which is really really cool so
1: yeah sometimes you forget too because it's just like life goes forward mm-hmm. and then it's just like man we're, we're really lucky so i'm just very happy to be doing everything that we're doing and we just need to keep working to earn it and that's pretty much
2: it
0: absolutely man in case you're just tuning in uh i'm talking with jamie from code orange Their new album underneath is available now you can catch all the cool stuff they're doing on their stream cha- uh their streaming twitch channel uh doing a lot of creative stuff in this um, quote unquote downtime i mean it's not a downtime for the creative types we have all the time in the world to do creative things um in the end you know who knows what the uh time frame is there's obviously no you know answer here but uh how do you, how do you think things will change um as far as our society or anything uh for the better or worse after this pandemic
1: i have no clue. i'm scared as everyone else i don't know what the hell is going on yeah i just you know, hope i hope everyone's safe and i have the m- utmost uh you know understanding and compassion for everyone who's losing their jobs i mean two people in my family lost their jobs my, yeah. my mom and my sister already so I'm just like I just thought it is I'm just I mean I'm staying in the house so
0: well if nothing else I think that Underneath is a good soundtrack to the Apocalypse
1: it is I mean it's literally if you read it at this point it's ridiculous like Mm -hmm. some of the songs I'm like this is literally about this so it's weird
0: dude uh I'm I'm stoked on the record I'll be jamming that as I go on runs uh of course socially distanced runs don't worry uh uh, what are uh, What's something you're looking forward to in 2020?
1: Man, I just can't wait to, to – I mean, you know, I'm getting exci- – I was down, but I'm getting excited now on all these ideas we have. Yeah. I'm going to do some really cool stuff and keep growing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I just can't wait to get on the road and just get back out there. That's all. I'll just play this record for people.
0: Hell yeah, man. Jamie from Code Orange, any final words for the Northwest audience before I let you go?
1: No, just be safe and be be strong. And uh, if you want to listen to something that will kind of scare you, which you probably don't currently, <laughs> listen to underneath our album, if, if, it won't comfort you, but it is entertaining. So nice. I'll give you that.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Jamie.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Chris. This has been Middle Shop's Backstage
2: Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.